for watching today. I pray that the message you're about to hear will empower you to use your voice, help change the way you think, and refresh your spirit. If you'd like to follow along with Pastor's Notes, you can find them on the on-demand page of walkingbyfaith.tv or on our app where you can also submit a prayer request. I want to encourage you to contact us if you are in need of prayer. Today, we finish up the indestructible word. Pastor Duane will be explaining how to take what the Bible says and to personalize it to what's happening in our lives and how to let it change the way we think as we meditate on it day and night. Let's jump right into the message, Personalized. Well, today I want to talk to you about God's Word being like a seed, about how the kingdom of God works. You know, Jesus was not talking to people, a lot of people with a PhD. Uh, he was living in an agrarian society. The people were farmers. The people were shepherds. And Jesus told them the truths of the kingdom of God in a way that they could personally understand. So in Mark chapter 4, Jesus has been talking about the kingdom of God. He gives the parable of the sower who goes out and sows the word of God. And he says God's word gets sown into four types of ground or four types of hearts. And it's interesting that only one of those produces any fruit for the kingdom of God. But then in the 26th verse, Jesus said, the kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground and should sleep by night, rise by day. The seed should sprout and grow. He himself does not know how. For the earth yields crops by itself. First the blade, then the head. After that, the full grain in the head. And when the grain ripens, immediately puts in the sickle because the harvest has come. Now he's talking here about how the kingdom of God works. And he says the earth yields crop by itself. Now he's literally talking about your heart that God's word gets sown in our heart. And when it's sown in our heart, it produces a crop. Jesus is speaking about the same basic principle in Matthew chapter 12, said either make the tree good and its fruit good, or else make the tree bad and its fruit bad. Now, when Jesus talks here about the tree, he's talking about your heart. And he says, you, you, you make it good, and then you're gonna have good fruit. He said, but if you make the tree or your heart bad, he said, you're going to have bad fruit. Then in verse 35, he says, the good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things. And the evil man out of the evil treasure brings forth evil things. You know, many people really believe that life is, is like spinning, some, throwing some dice, that it, you never know what's going to happen. Life just happens to you. That life is like a lotto. Some people are lucky. Some people are not lucky. But Jesus said something very different. He says, you bring forth. He says, you bring forth good. You bring forth bad. You bring forth big. You bring forth small. You can bring forth joy. You can bring forth depression. You can bring forth peace. You can bring forth fear. Jesus said that it depends on your heart. And he says, you can make your heart good and you can make your heart bad. Your heart is the ground. And here's the thing. Your heart does not discriminate on the seed that's put in it. He said, the kingdom of God is as if you scattered some seed. And he goes, you don't know how, but at night you rest. In the day you get up and you're doing your business and you don't know how, but that seed, it produces 
because it's been put in the ground. Now, the kingdom of God is like that. That's how God's word works. But listen, your heart does not discriminate the seed that's put in it. In other words, your heart is going to produce what you put in it. If you put seeds of lust in your heart, your heart will produce lust. You put seeds of greed in your heart, it will produce greed. If it's seeds of fear, it will produce fear. If it's seeds of sickness, it will produce sickness. If it's weakness, it will produce weakness. If you put seeds of hopelessness in your heart, you're going to be hopeless. You put seeds of anxiety in your heart, you are going to be anxious. He says, at night, he sleeps. At day, he gets up. He said, and that seed is keeping on growing, and eventually it's going to produce. Now, for that to happen, you can't dig it up. If you dig up that seed, it's not going to produce. So that seed's planted, and it needs to be watered. Paul said, I planted, Apollos watered, and God gave the increase. So Paul planted the seed, and then Apollos came and watered the seed, and then God caused that seed to grow. So, so often what happens in our lives is the seed is planted, but we don't water. Somebody says, well, I, I know that. I've heard that. No, it isn't, it isn't what you've heard. Faith does not come by having heard. Faith comes by hearing. And that's why the Bible tells us we need to spend time meditating in the Word of God. Because what meditating is, is it's watering the seed that's there. Because first, we plant the seed. Then there's just a blade then a stalk, then an ear, then the full corn in the ear. You don't get your full harvest immediately. And many people do not get a harvest. And most of the time when we don't see a harvest, it's because we did not water the word. I can really say this, that all of the good results, good things that have happened in my life have been a result of a seed that was sown, that was watered, that grew, and then brings forth fruit. In Joshua 1.8, Moses has died. Joshua is the new leader of Israel. This was not an easy uh, place to step into. I mean, Moses had split the Red Sea. He'd been up on a mountain with God for 40 days. He received the Ten Commandments under his leadership. There's been bread that falls from heaven every day. This was not an easy act to follow. And God said to him, he said, this book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night. Meditate in God's word day and night. Now, in our culture, there's a lot of different types of meditation and, and really a lot of Eastern type of meditation has come into the, the, the Western culture that we live in. And in Eastern culture, meditating really has to do more with emptying yourself, getting rid of all of your thoughts and all of your desires. But that is the opposite of biblical meditation. He said, in his law, you will meditate. In other words, there is something you're meditating on. You're meditating on God's word. And you visualize it. You see it come to pass. You personalize it. You say, that's what's going to happen to me. And, and really... All of us know how to meditate. If you've ever been anxious or you've ever been fearful, that is the reverse of meditation. 
Well, it really is meditation, but it's not meditation on God's word. It's meditation on something else. When you're fearful, when you're anxious, you're thinking about all the bad things that are going to possibly happen. But when we meditate on God's word, we are taking God's word and seeing how that applies to our life and we personalize it. We put our name in there. We see it happening to us. He says, but you shall meditate therein day and night. Now, why is that important? Because we're only going to plant one kind of seed in our heart. We don't want to plant God's word in our heart and at the same time be planting fear, right? be planting greed, be planting lust, be planting fear. We want to just plant one type of seed. And what you meditate on, what you think on, that's those seeds are being planted in your heart. And you, the, the Bible says it's going to bring forth fruit. You don't know how. You don't really understand the, the process, but it's going to bring forth fruit. But you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that's written therein. And then you will make your way prosperous and you will have good success. Now, notice it says you will make your way prosperous. Not God's going to do something special for you, but when you put that word in your heart, that word grows and it brings forth fruit. It comes to fruition. You're, there's going to be success. God's word will change your life. And again, he says you'll have good success. I think I've mentioned this last week that you can own a factory and have a thousand people working for you. But if your wife hates you and your kids are not talking to you, that is not good success. The world might think you're successful, but when you have good success, there's provision, there's health, there's peace, there's joy, there's strength in your relationships. The Bible says in Romans 8 and verse 6, for to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. To be spiritually minded is to be word minded, meditating on the word of God, watering the word, feeding the word. So often what we do is this. We beg God to do what he has already done. We think that prayer is trying to talk God into doing something. But the truth is this. God has already done all that we need. The Bible says that he hath provided for us all things that pertain to life and godliness. We're not trying to talk God into something. He, by grace, has provided for us. And what we do is by faith, we respond. Now, the way that that faith comes into our heart is as we meditate in the word of God. See, God's word is his will. So many people are looking for a voice. They're looking for a voice from heaven. But listen, when you've got a verse, you don't need a voice. Because God's word is God's will. He gave us the seed to plant. It's his word. And it will bring forth fruit. In Proverbs chapter 4, it says, My son, give attention to my words. Give attention to my words. Put time into my word. Meditate on my word. Incline your ear to my sayings. Listen to the word. Prioritize the word of God in your life. Don't let them depart from your eyes. This is not something that just should be a Sunday activity or 10 minutes in the morning. No, don't let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. You're meditating on them. You're personalizing the word of God. You're saying, this is, this is what the word says, and this is how it's going to affect me. This is what's going to come into my heart. Keep them in the midst of your heart, for they are life to those that find them. They are life to those that find them. But that word's got to be planted. It's got to be watered. It's going to take time. And first, there's going to be a blade. Then there's going to be a stalk. Then there's going to be the full corn in the ear. Now, the truth is we live life on stages. 
We live life at stages and we arrive on levels. See, let me give you an example of this. King David, for example, uh, he goes to kill Goliath. And what he did, he, he said to the king, he said, look, I have killed a lion and I have killed a bear. And now he said, I'm going to kill the giant. He's progressing the lion, the bear, the giant. And then he goes to another level, really, or another stage, and he becomes uh, an army officer. He's over a thousand soldiers. And uh, after a while, he becomes a, a captain of his own band. And then he becomes the king of Judah. Then he becomes the king of Israel. Then as king of Israel, he literally conquers all of the surrounding area. Now, what has happened, he lived life at different levels and he arrived in stages. And each level had different stages that took place. Now, the same thing is true with you and with me. And the word of God does not produce everything instantly. It takes time. First, there's a blade, then there's a stalk, then there's the full ear in the blade. Now, if I wanna know what somebody has planted in their garden, what I need to do is look at the plants because what they planted is what is going to grow. And too often, what we're doing is we're planting the world's ideas, the world's system into our heart. And we're just conforming. Where the Bible says, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by changing the way that you think. So as you meditate in God's word, it changes what you think. It changes how you see yourself. It changes what you expect to happen as you personalize God's word. Uh, and somebody said, well, it's flu season. Well, in God's kingdom, it's not flu season. He heals all of your diseases. What, what you plant and what you allow, that begins to grow in your heart. Those seeds begin to grow. Now, and again, it doesn't work if you just do this on Sunday or 10 minutes a day. It takes a seed time to work. You can't put God's word in your heart two hours a week and then put the world in your heart and lust and fear and anxiety in your heart and think that you're going to have a great crop, a crop of abundance and of peace and of joy and of righteousness. That seed takes time. The, for the earth yields crops by itself. Now the earth is your heart. First the blade, then the head. After that, the full grain in the ear. It does it by itself. In other words, when you meditate on God's word and those seeds that are planted, the original seed Jesus is talking about is the word of God. But you could be planting the, the seed of, of the news. You can be planting the seed of what your friends are saying. You plant it in your heart and it produces. It will automatically produce. Your heart does not discriminate on what seed is sown. Whatever you sow, God's word, lust, unforgiveness, greed, it will grow. In uh, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 15, it says, looking diligently, lest anyone fall short of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness spring up to cause trouble. And by this, many become defiled. Now notice there's that root. The seed has been planted and now there's a root. It says it's gonna spring up and it's gonna produce a crop and it's gonna literally defile your life. The uh, translator's New Testament says it just spoils everybody's life. That crop begins to come up and begins to produce. Now, the Bible says this in Hebrews chapter 11. And truly, 
if they had called to mind the country from which they had come out, they would have had opportunity to return. If they had called to mind the country from which they had come out, they would have had opportunity to return. Now he's talking about Abraham and the patriarchs. He says, if they had thought about what they were missing, about where they came from, he said, if that had been, the, if that had been where their thought process was, they would have gone back to where they came from. But the Bible says this about Abraham, that he was looking for a city who has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. He was looking to another world, to another kingdom, to another city. He could have gone back. The Israelites are in the, in the desert. They've come out of Egypt where they had been oppressed as slaves for 400 years. God delivered them. They came through the Red Sea. The Egyptian army is drowned. And the Israelites begin to think about where they were. And they began to say, oh, we, we just have this terrible food, this manna that God is supplying for us. Boy, when we were in Egypt, boy, we had leeks and onions. We just sat by the river and we had our pots full of leeks and onions. And they talked about, let's select a leader and let's go back to Egypt. Now, honestly, leeks and onions do not sound like the best food to me. But they, they forgot about all of the oppression in Egypt. And they just remembered something that, something that was good. But because they focused on it and they sowed it in their heart, they were ready to go back to Egypt. Whenever you don't know where you're going, you go back where you came from. When Peter has renounced Jesus, and Jesus has now risen from the dead, but he has not been restored, he said, I go fishing. I go fishing. Why did he want to go fishing? Because that's where he came from. He went backwards because he didn't have a vision for where he was going. And that's what God's word does for us. It puts a vision on the inside of us of who we are in Christ, what belongs to us in Christ, where we're going in Christ. You can't be tempted without first thinking about something, without those seeds first being planted. That's why the Bible says to guard your heart with all diligence. For out of it flow the issues of life. So we've got to guard our heart. We've got to make sure that just the right seeds are planted in our heart. Because again, your heart does not discriminate on what you sow. That's why you, you, you may, be, may be watching certain programs that, that are, are sowing something in you that you don't want to reap. But if you sow that seed, that seed is going to grow. It's going to produce. Again, whether it's fear or greed or lust or revenge, guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life, because the seeds that are sown in it are going to produce fruit. Now, Isaiah 54, verse 17, one of my favorite verses in the book of Isaiah says this, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. Every tongue that rises up against you in judgment, you shall condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. And their righteousness is from me, says the Lord. Now, what you put in your heart determines the direction that your life is going to go. You guard your heart above all else because what you put in it determines the course of your life. So it says to no weapon formed against you is going to prosper, but every tongue, every word that people speak, uh, that rises up against you, you need to judge it and you need to condemn it. So somebody says, well, 
Uh, yeah, I'm, uh, uh, just to give an example, uh, many people in my family have diabetes. And uh, I've been told by, by, by certain people uh, many, 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 many times, oh, you're going to have diabetes. You're going to have diabetes. You're going to have diabetes. Every time they say it, you know what I say? I say, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. With long life, he will satisfy me and show me his salvation. He forgives all my iniquities. He heals all of my diseases. I don't take it. Now, it's been spoken over me and spoken over me and spoken over me. But, you know, if I receive that and begin to meditate on that and begin to see that happening in my life, that, that, that seed that's sown first becomes a blade, then it becomes a stalk, then it becomes the full grain in the ear. It produces a harvest. So what we let in our heart determines the direction that our life is going to go. So the Bible says that every tongue, every word that is spoken against you, you rise up in judgment and you condemn it. You don't receive those words that are spoken about you. But what you do is you give attention, God said, to my word. You incline your ears to my sayings. Give attention to his word. Now, I'm not saying you can't watch sports, but you need to have more of God's word in you than you do about what's going on in the world of sports. You need to incline your ear to his sayings more than you're inclining your ear to the news and what the world is saying is going on. Don't let them depart from your eyes. Every day, every day, every day, every day, water that word. Don't let them depart from your eyes and keep them in the midst of your heart. You just keep meditating on it. This is what God says. God's word says, with long life, he'll satisfy me and show me his salvation. God's word says, he'll forgive all of my iniquities. He'll heal all of my diseases. You keep that on the inside. And the Bible says they are life to those that find them and their health to all their flesh. You know, when we keep on watering that word, first there's a blade, then there's a stalk, then there's the full corn in the ear. I think that many people, Christian people, are 10 times more plugged into the world than they are into the Word of God. And all the things that they're thinking about, the negativeness, the, 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 the thing that they're hearing from friends, the things that they're picking up in entertainment, the things that they're picking up in the news, all of those things, all of those seeds are getting planted in our heart. Even the music that we listen to, uh, whether you listen to rap or rock or country, whatever it is that you're listening to, what seeds are being sown? And, and just m- myself personally, uh, I think country is probably the worst. And you say, why? Well, because I don't understand half of the stuff that's in rock and almost none of it that's in a rap. But, you know, you, I, I can understand country. And as somebody said, you know, if you just play a country song backwards, well, you get your dog back, you get your truck back, you get your wife back, and you're happy. But those seeds are being sown. They're being sown. Your heart brings forth the seeds that you sow in your heart. The Bible says you don't know how it happens. But it, 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 by itself, the ground brings forth. By itself, your heart is going to bring forth. That's why Jesus said, make your heart good or make your heart bad. And if you make it good, you're going to have good fruit. If you make it bad, you're going to have bad fruit. But it's not a matter of a lottery. Certain things, lucky. Some people are lucky. Some people are not. No, Jesus said, you bring it forth. Doubt, fear, the things that contradict the word of God, when those things are spoken, you just say, no weapon formed against me will prosper. 
and every tongue that rises up against me in judgment, I will condemn. Now notice the Bible says, you shall condemn. You need to condemn that thing. Don't let it just sit there. Don't meditate on it. Condemn it. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is from me, says the Lord. So we've got to rise up, and we've got to condemn that bad report. When David is going to go and fight Goliath, the king said, you can't go. Well, you're just a kid, and he's been a warrior since he was a kid, since he was since his youth. And David said, well, your, father, your servant used to keep his father's sheep. And by the way, used to is that very morning. He said, and a lion came and a bear came, and I chased him down, and I smote him, and I killed him. And I killed a lion, I killed a bear, and the same God that delivered me from the lion and delivered me from the bear will deliver me from this Philistine. When the king said no, he said no. The, the, he rose up against it. When he went down to fight Goliath, Goliath looked at him, and the Bible says he cursed him by his gods. And he says, you think I'm a dog? That you come against me with a stick? You see, David, he had that sling, but he had his, his shepherd's staff with him. And uh, he said, I'm going to kill you. That's what Goliath said. And David said, you come against me. And this is what he's doing. He is canceling out the words that that giant has just spoken. He is condemning those words. And he says, you come against me with a sword and with a spear, but I come against you in the name of the Lord of hosts, whose armies you have defiled. And today I'm going to kill you and take your head from you and give your body and the body of the Philistine armies to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field that all the world may know that there is a God in Israel. What did he do? He rose up and he condemned the words that were spoken. And that's what you and I need to do. The same thing is true. Moses sends in the spies, 10, 12 spies, to go through the promised land. And they go through the promised land for 40 days. The children of Israel have come through the desert. They're now at a place called Kadesh Barnea, right on the Jordan River. They're, they're waiting to go into the promised land. And Moses sends in the spies, find out what it's like. And they, they come back and they say, well, the, the land is like God said. It flows with milk and honey. And here's some of the fruit. And they had actually, in a certain valley, the Valley of Eshketol, they had cut down a cluster of grapes. And it was so big, they had to carry it on a pole between two men. Uh, there's actually coins in Israel that they still have it today. They've got that cluster of grapes on a pole with two men carrying it. But then 10 of those spies says, but there's giants, there's walled cities, there's seven nations, and they are stronger than we are and we cannot go in. Now, immediately, Joshua and Caleb speak up, and they say, no, 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 no. If God's for us, we can go in at once. We can take possession. Let us go in. They are bread on our table. What did they do? They condemned the word that they spoke. And then the, bad, the people give another bad report, and Joshua and Caleb try to speak again, and the people are about to stone them. What were they doing? They were condemning the word that was spoken. And it's interesting. Everybody who listened to those 10 spies did not go in. They said, we can't go in. They didn't go in. But Joshua and Caleb said, let us go up at once and take possession. They condemned the words of the others. And you know, they, 40 years later, were the only two out of 2 million who went in. You know, we need to judge those words. We need to counter those words. We need to say, God is my source. God cares for me. No evil will befall me. Neither will any plague come nigh to my dwelling. When the angel appears to Mary in uh, Luke chapter 1, it says, For with God, nothing is ever impossible. 
and no word from God shall be without power or impossible of fulfillment. Every word of God, it has power. In Hebrews 4, it says God's word is alive and it is powerful. When that word is sown, it produces a crop. Don't, don't let a negative word be uncontested because your heart, the ground, it brings forth fruit of itself. So we make sure we plant the right seed. Jesus said, I tell you, in the day of judgment, people will give an account for every careless word or useless word that they speak. You know, we need to counter doubt and unbelief spoken to us, spoken about us. All seeds planted germinate and grow. Now, you can destroy those words that, that uh, counter those words that are spoken against you. Peter said that God's word is the indestructible word of God. It is indestructible. You put that word there, it stays there. It stays there, but you've got to water it for it to bring forth fruit. Again, the ground does not discriminate. Your heart does not discriminate on what it produces, the seed that you sow. Because as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. The seed is planted in your heart. And if you're going to take that seed, it's going to be thoughts, it's going to produce in your life. Jesus said the good man, out of the good treasure of his heart, he brings forth good. The evil man, out of the evil treasure, he brings forth evil. But he said also, not it's just you're lucky if you've got a good heart, you're unlucky if you've got a bad heart. He said, make the tree good and its fruit will be good. You can make your heart good. How do you do that? You do it by sowing the right seed, watering that seed so that it will produce. It's not a matter of, well, I, I just was born in the, to the wrong family. I have lack of education. I'm the wrong ethnicity, the wrong gender. I've had bad breaks. I've been divorced. I'm too short. No, no. As you think in your heart, the words that get sown in your heart are going to produce fruit. Let me close with one last verse. Romans 12, verse 2 says, don't copy the behavior and customs of the world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way that you think. As you sow God's word in your heart and you water that word, it is going to change the way you think. And as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. And you change what you're thinking. You change what's being sown in your heart and you water that seed, it is going to bring forth fruit in your life. Say, would you, uh, just where you're at, if you could, would you bow your head just a moment? I know that there's many people that are watching that are right with God, that have lived for God for years. But there's some people you're watching today and you're away from God and you're not right with God. In fact, if you'd look at your life, you'd say, man, I've got bad fruit in my life and, and I want to make my heart good. Well, the first step in making your heart good, good ground, is to surrender your life to Jesus and to receive the forgiveness that he has for you. Now, if you're away from God and you're not, or you're not, you know, I'm not right with God. You say, I want to get right with God. I want to ask you right now to bow your head and pray this prayer with me. Make these words your own, but pray this out loud. Just say, oh God, I believe that Jesus died on the cross 
I believe his blood paid for my sins. And I believe he rose again. I give him all of my heart and all of my life. I surrender to Jesus. I hold nothing back. And I receive the forgiveness that Jesus purchased for me. And I thank you, you've heard my prayer, that my past is gone, that I am now a part of your kingdom today and forever. In Jesus' name, amen. If you just prayed that prayer with Pastor Dwayne from your heart, God heard your prayer. Congrats on making one of the best decisions of your life. Pastor Dwayne has written a book full of bullet points to help you to continue to grow spiritually. We want to give you this book free of charge. Log on to walkingbyfaith.tv and download it right there instantly. It's also available on our app. It's absolutely free and a great resource for you to have. Today's program is available on Roku and Amazon Fire TV by searching Walking by Faith. Or you can check out our app where you can download any message for easy offline listening. Walking by Faith is used to change lives all around the world, on and off the air. We would love for you to partner with us and help make a difference in others' lives by logging on to walkingbyfaith.tv give. If you are in need of prayer or God is doing amazing things in your life, we would love to connect with you. Contact us by phone, email, or through our app. You can also find us on your favorite social platform by searching WBF TV. We'll see you again next time. Until then, be blessed.